Your hello and welcome back. This is now episode 17 of the Duffy's Fantasy Football Podcast. Yes, if you don't already know, then I will be letting you know. The Miami Sports Bar Podcast has been launched. I did my first episode. Kind of felt a little, hmm, little short for me. I feel like I could have done a little more with it. I feel like it could have been a little more fluid. But there's no better way than to grow than from just starting and planting that seed, baby. So episode one of the Miami Sports Bar is officially up. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if somehow this is the first way you're hearing of it. But just because I launched the podcast I really wanted to launch doesn't mean that I'm giving up on this one. I have had fun with it. I know it's a little late. I miss Thursday Night Football. Probably going to talk only a few stunners and bummers because it's already so late in the week that we're past that point. Since Thursday Night Football already passed, might as well talk about it. The Green Bay Packers lost to the Tennessee Titans. My boy Ryan Tannehill always got love for an ex-Finn. I, I, you know, I always say, man, he was done dirty. I'm not saying he is a league winner, you know. He's not a top 10 quarterback in the league. But he also wasn't as bad as he was made to look, you know. The best receivers he really had, Mike Wallace, Greg Jennings. You want to talk about Jarvis Landry, whatever. You want to talk about Devontae Parker, whatever. Jarvis Landry was never a top five receiver, maybe even top 10 at any point in his career. He was solid. He was de definitely a good talent. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that he would have been the number one on any other team that would have made like a big difference. You know you're wrong. But anyways, Green Bay loses another game. Seven losses now. I mean, you never know what can happen. I'm not going to sit here and count them out yet. It, this is about as bad as I thought it could ever get for them, though. I will admit that. And for Tennessee, they're now 7-3, and three, tied with us. But we get the tiebreaker thanks to our strength of victory so far this season. Derrick Henry... Rushed for a touchdown, threw for a touchdown. Really didn't have a lot of yards on the ground, but was able to get into the end zone and obviously throw that touchdown. That's always going to make your day a little bit better fantasy-wise. Tannehill actually had a pretty decent game. Aaron Rodgers, I know he just looked a little off, man. I don't know what's going on. It's, to me, I don't think it's a loss of talent. I don't think he's, I don't think he's, you know, washed up yet. I really don't. I just, it, to me, it just kind of looks like he doesn't care. He's missing throws that he's never missed. I mean, you have Alan Lazard dropping passes. Christian Watson, who could very well be a league winner in a lot of fantasy leagues, the way he's popping off five touchdowns the last two weeks. Not getting a lot of targets, not a lot of receptions, but the thing is, he is the touchdown guy. And to credit the Fantasy Footballers podcast, Andy Holloway said it himself, which I definitely agreed with, is that the shots are going to go to Christian Watson. Alan Lazard will eat up the middle of the field. He runs a lot of the routes that, like, you know, like third down plays, things to just gain 5, 10, 15 yards. But when it comes to deep balls and when it comes to end zone targets, it's going to Christian Watson, which is how it should. I mean, he's clearly proven since he's actually gotten into the games and more involved and been able to build some rapport with Rodgers that he is the guy. It's just clearly what it's looked like in the last two weeks. Keeping up with the fans. 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 Mark it now for the record books. As far as I go in this world, podcasting or anything else, however successful I am or may be in any of my endeavors, that audio drop will always and forever be one of the best things. 
that I have ever been a part of. Okay. It, it, it was cheap. I paid for it. I own the rights to that audio drop, whatever. And it is so beautiful. But anyways, I digress. Keeping up with the fins now that we are at the bye week. Ten weeks in for the Miami Dolphins, standing at seven and three, currently top of our division, second place in the AFC. One thing we're looking out for this weekend is let's go Browns. Hopefully beating the Bills, which is very unlikely, but who doesn't like a Bills loss? And then let's go Patriots because I'm not really threatened by the Patriots. And I don't even want the Jets to have first place in the AFC, even if it's just AFC East, I'm sorry. Even if it's just for one week. Because they beat the Bills, they beat us. So if they win this week, they'll move up to 7-3. and three, And then we'll take first place in the AFC East. I don't want that happening. Patriots win. Doesn't matter. They're behind us. We beat them already. We're going to beat the Jets at the end of the season and get our payback. We're going to beat the Patriots in a few weeks. Continue dominating Bill Belichick as long as two has been our starter. So I'm not really worried about anything else. But just moving to the Browns game real quick so that people can understand how dominant we truly were in that game. Where we finally needed that as a Dolphins fan base, you know. Had the game against the Lion, the Bears. It was just things you didn't want to see. They were scoring too much. It was too interesting towards the, you know, final five minutes for each game where we had to pull out, you know, great defensive stops and get first downs and kneel it out. This week we won by 22. Should have been 24, but we missed two extra points. Whatever, Jason Sanders about to lose his job. Love you, buddy. You were pretty good for a couple years, and I don't know what happened. But this weekend against the Browns, the Dolphins had 491 total yards. It's pretty nice. The Browns only had 297. So you can say our defense definitely played well, but you already knew that. We had three sacks this week. And, oh, shout out the offensive line while this pops up in my head. Once again, another game, zero sacks on Tua. One of the things that came out of the locker room afterwards was that the offensive line and other people just pointed out to Tua like, man, your jersey's so clean. And he's like, yeah, man, shout out the O-line because he did not have to touch the ground. At least if he wasn't sliding or diving out. We had 296 passing yards, obviously, thanks to Tua touchdown by Loa, and 195 rushing yards. We have a running game again. I can't believe it. Jeff Wilson? Wow. Wow, did he ball out this Sunday. And Raheem Mostert, his carries are definitely cut down. I get it. Jeff Wilson's obviously, like, he's younger, a little more healthier. But Raheem Mostert has valuable runs. And Jeff Wilson is basically just a workhorse at this point. And the way this team is ran, they're not selfish. They're all about winning. They want to succeed. They're not here worried about stats. And you can see from the camaraderie in the locker room how happy everyone is. Everyone's dancing, laughing together. They all trust one another. Something you haven't seen in Miami. And, like, I mean, I've never even seen it. Most likely the last time it was anything close to that was in the Marino days. And... I was either not born or a baby. So, and so were most of you, from what I assume my, you know, fan base is right now. So it's crazy. It's just, it's beautiful to see, man. Two of this game, he was 25-32. Three touchdowns. Perfect. Jeff Wilson, like I said, just to give him his flowers, he had 17 rushes for 119 yards. That is insane. One touchdown. 
fucking gorgeous. Jalen Waddle, Sherfield, Ingold all had four catches. And then Hill had five. So that takes away from the argument of, oh, well, of course, he's throwing a Hill. He's throwing a Waddle. That's why two is playing so well. But what happens when he connects with these other guys? What happens when he's actually going through all of his progressions and reading the field? Oh, I'll tell you what happens. He goes 7-0 and when he starts and finishes a game. Tua is that man. Tua haters have officially been silenced. I don't want to hear you anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Tua is that guy. And we have seen plenty of quarterbacks have amazing talent around them and not succeed. I mean, if you really watch football, you know you've seen it. You've seen guys who are like, how can they not win these games with such a great wide receiver? Calvin Johnson. How can he not get, get to the playoffs? Like, guys, it's 11 on 11 at all times. It's the whole team. And what you're witnessing right now is the best team Miami has seen in over 25 years. Hands down. And before I wrap up my Miami Dolphins talk, one stat that I think people should know about. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight NFL teams, right? Those eight NFL teams have wide receivers. And Tyreek Hill, by himself, has more yards receiving than all eight of these teams' wide receivers. NFL wide receivers. And here are the eight teams. Cowboys, Steelers, Falcons, Texans, Giants, Bears, Ravens, Titans. The Titans are 7-3. and three. The Cowboys are a playoff team. The Steelers suck. The Falcons suck. The Texans suck. The Giants are one of the best teams in NFC right now. And then the Bears, who have the almighty Justin Fields that everybody loves all of a sudden. And then the Baltimore Ravens with MVP winner Lamar Jackson. I thought that was just worth noting. Because if it was maybe one or two shitty teams, eight NFL teams with NFL receivers and quarterbacks, those wide receivers, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about, like, he has more yards than their best receiver. <laughs> okay? It is every wide receiver that they have that has played this season, all of their yards combined for those individual teams is less than what Tyreek Hill has by himself. And that's with playing two and a half games with either Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves, or Skyler third round, I'm sorry, third string, seventh round rookie quarterback throwing him the ball. Just food for thought. We're here. We're here. Ain't no thought. It's done. And we're here to stay. The Miami Dolphins have arrived. So if you hate us, you're going to hate us for a while. It's our turn to be the league's Patriots. You know what I mean? But anyways, just to move forward, I don't have much to talk about. I'm not really going to go through the stunners and bummers. As I said, I do want to talk about our standings in this league right now. 
everything's kind of, I mean, not really. A few things are kind of tight in this league. There's a couple important matchups going on, me and Virgil being one of them. But I'll tell you first, everyone's standings. So you don't have to look it up for yourself. Kyle, still first place as he's been all year, 9-1. and one. Sean, 7-3. and three. Luigi with a huge comeback, moving himself up to third place at 6-4. and four. Calvin, 6-4. and four. Frank, after the strong start, down to 5-5. Five and five. Jordan, dealing with a lot of injuries now, 5-5. Five and five. Carlos, 5-5. Five and five. Joe, after starting the season undefeated through the first four weeks, has seen himself lose six straight to fall to 4-6. and six. I, myself, am 4-6. and six. Virgil's 4-6. and six. Corey is 3-7, and seven, and Angel is 2-8. and eight. Angel and Corey are, I wouldn't say fully mathematically eliminated, but I guess Corey has a better chance, if anything. Me and Virgil playing this week, basically whoever loses cannot lose another game after that and has to hope for a lot of people to lose and basically watch matchups every week. So basically, this is a win-and-in type of situation. Or as close as it can get. Jordan and Calvin are playing each other. Jordan did have good performances on Thursday, but he's still projected to lose. He does have a lot of injuries. He's gonna have to hope for the best. I'm hoping against him. Cause I had, you know, he's five and five and four and six. We're both five and six. Makes my chances a little bit better. Luigi's playing Corey, so not really worried about that. We got Kyle playing Joe. Joe trying to pull together any type of self-respect he can find to hopefully put himself back in a playoff contention as he is the reigning champion. You have Frank playing Angel. So Frank will probably take a comfortable win, even though, who knows? Angel beat me last week and it pissed me the hell off. Of course, I lose to fucking Angel. Fucking hate you. And then, at the end, you have Carlos playing Sean. This is a big game for Carlos. Sean... Obviously is looking for the win as it's best for him to continue to add up the victories and put some type of margin between him and the rest of the league. But he's also not as reliant on this victory this week as Carlos might be or I might be. So, I mean, we'll see how it is. It's getting tighter. It's been a really weird year for us. You know, I do have another league that I started out 0-5 and I won five games in a row. But, you know, the problem with that league is there's no group chat. No one talks to each other. So I don't even care. I can't even talk shit. Like, it's fucking bullshit. And then here I am in this Duffy's League where I'm the fucking commissioner. I have a podcast for this fucking league. I'm four and six, bro, losing to fucking worst teams in the league. This is ridiculous. And then my high school league, the Crop League, shout out Nick, Ronnie, Amir, Francois, Bruno, Nathan, David, No Deals. I think that's all of you. If I forgot one, my bad. Oh, John. Shout out, John. Um, In that league, I was first place last week. I took an L, but I had basically, I had by Mageddon. And I only still lost by six, realistically. Now I'm just like in third place, but we're really all tied for first. Not worried about that league. But the two leagues, you know, I got one league where I had a big comeback. Now here I am, five of five, looking like I can make the playoffs and I have no one to talk shit to. And I got the Duffy's League where I have a podcast for this fucking league. I'm the commissioner. And I'm over here struggling. 
fucking DJ Moore, bro. I said it in that first podcast where I talked about the draft analysis. And I always tried to avoid DJ Moore. And this time I fucking took him. And Allen Robinson fucked me again two years in a row. <sighs> Anyways, it's not all about me. There's other people that are looking for it. But guess what, motherfuckers? It's my podcast. And you ain't here. If Virgil beats me, it looks good for him. Austin Eckler is obviously amazing for PPR purposes. That guy is a monster. Jordan needs to hope that he can really, really rely on his backups and see if Cooper Cup comes back in those four weeks. And if he sneaks into the playoffs and Cooper Cup is back. But that's a problem. If the Rams keep losing, who's to say that they're even going to bring Cooper Cup back in and risk re-injuring and just let him sit out recoup and get ready for the next season you know what i mean it is tough but anyways once again i appreciate you guys i really appreciate everyone who supported me up until this point it's not a lot of people and i'm not really butthurt about anybody listening or not listening to me it's just more fun practice hopefully i can catch a spark someday but like i said earlier can't grow if you don't plant the seed and of course, don't forget, please, 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 please give it a listen. Try it out. Miami Sports Bar podcast. Just look up Miami Sports Bar. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. I have more episodes to come, and I'm really looking forward to the ideas that I do have that will hopefully entertain you as they will entertain me. As always, guys, really appreciate you. Love y'all. I'll talk to you next time.